So we have some of the most interesting, unique, and amazing meditations, I think, in the world. I mean, we have past life regression meditations, guided hypnosis meditations, Akashic record meditations, as well as healing meditations. Our meditations are pretty cool. And they're not just about stillness of mind and peace and sit there, hmm. I mean, we have those too, don't get me wrong, but these are about meditations that are going to shift and change and you're gonna walk out of there feeling lighter, freer, healed, and even getting guidance and insight. So come down, experience one of our meditations. They're pretty badass. Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Hi there, welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today we have Stephanie Person with us, and she is a health and wellness expert, and we're really going to deep dive into health, lifestyle, well-being, and kind of look at the delusions that people have, the what influences people, how people can be healthier from diet, exercise, everything in between. So, welcome. Thank you. Love. Thanks. Thank you for having me be here. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, so I I want people to hear a a little bit about you. I mean, I know that you know, we'll, we'll put some links to some of her videos. She does a lot of uh, Facebook Lives and different live streams, YouTube Lives, different things like that. Has a nice, beautiful following for her health and lifestyle um, that uh, brand and herself that she does here. But uh, besides that, you know, you know, you've been a pro skater, you know, you've, you're a trainer, you, you know, um, also help people with diet and you inspire people. And you're also one of the kind of uh, founding faces of the keto diet. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, I, I, you know, a little bit more about you besides those uh, buzz things that I just said. Okay. Uh, I think I've always been sort of interested in health. Like when I was a kid, I was always a, like kind of like obsessed with how people became fat. So uh, with me being active and living at, I thought at the time, a very healthy lifestyle, um, I busted my knee as a pro skateboarder. So that's really where it all started, the true like initiation to understand the body more. Okay. So I used to be a pro skateboarder and I've had 10 surgeries on my left knee. Wow. So I broke everything, like the ACL, the MCL, patellatin, my 100% uh, of the medial meniscus ripped off the bone. So that's the cushion between, you know, the, the femur, the, the femur in the upper thigh and, and your fibula and tibula below. So like right there in the knee joint, it just ripped off. So you have two of them, one's gone. And it, was this in a skateboarding accident or it, was this something completely different? It was a skateboarding accident. So I used to skate on big vert ramps and uh -huh. my leg got caught up so is to higher, higher than the ceiling, I was up in the air, and my leg got stuck up there, but my upper body kept rotating down. So leg stuck, body rotated, and the body so like, snapped like at the knee. So like a muscle stamp, or muscle that got it caught, or got caught on something? Well, I was on a board, so, so on the ramp you have coping, they have metal piping, and I was going across really, really fast, and up here, uh, the piping that they had, they didn't weld it together, so there was like an inch gap, and you always had to watch out for it, and I forgot it that it was there. And you have these metal axles or trucks on the bottom of your skateboard. Yeah. And I went across, and it stuck. So when the board stuck, my leg stuck there. Ah. Uh. And my uh, so that I kept rotating down, and then everything just snapped at the knee. 
Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, this is so painful. Th this is actually the knee. Wow. Yeah, look at all those scar marks. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's when I really started getting into health. If I had a curiosity as a kid, then that's when it was really like, you know, trying to figure it out. And now, if we backtrack a minute, because I want to hear about what happened as a result after uh, skating and having a, having the skating accident. But you know, you said that you had a fascination with you know what made people healthier, what made people ha be have weight on them, or different things like that. Mm. Was that something where did you grow up in a in a household where you had siblings or parents or anything that were overweight, or did did you, were you overweight as a kid, or was it just like you observed and you were just curious about it? I was a big observer as a kid about everything, okay. like, you know, people's intentions and people's personalities and people's actions. It doesn't doesn't matter what it is, you know, okay. being a person of color, trying to understand racism. It just like I had a big curiosity about anything that was very obvious. So some people who are overweight or people are going struggling or whatever it was, had a big curiosity to all of that. And so when I hurt my knee, there's a lot of emotions and uh, fears and, and psychology that goes behind, well, what do I do now? Yeah, well, especially you were a pro skater. That's how you made your money. That's how, That was your life. And now you're like, okay, I have to be in recovery for God knows how long and who knows if I'll even be able to skate again, right? Yeah. Yes, so I was on crutches for four years. Four years? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's not like, that's <laughs> like, I think the longest to hear somebody on crutches. Four years. Yes. And people started making, I, I used to live in Sweden. So I used to be a pro skater that would uh, tour in Europe. So I ended up living in Europe altogether 16 years and 11 years in Sweden. So I had all my surgeries there in Sweden. And so all my friends there were like, you, you know, they just started making fun of me, started calling me gimp and all this kind of stuff. But my, I was in such denial, I'd all, I would always say that when I get back on my feet, I'm going to be like a bullet out of a gun. Like, I'm going to be on it. Now I can't run, jump, lunge, squat, or burn, run out of a burning building today. It's like destroyed, the knee. But I definitely wow. am like a bullet out of a gun. Well, now, <laughs> now what... Uh what went on, I'm always fascinated with people's mindset, right? You know, like why why some people can have the tenacity and the drive to overcome certain things and why sometimes people can have a situation shadow them so much that they can't move forward, right? Yeah. And so to me, I'm just hearing this and your life and your identity wrapped up and your lifestyle, even where you're living and all of this to like, you know, suddenly get knocked down i mean what was your mental state like over those four years that you were in crutches in denial denial is not just a river in egypt okay <laughs> okay um so that kind of maybe helped you keep on pushing through though oh, so so, sure. so the denial was actually a beautiful coping mechanism that says i'm gonna get better and i'm gonna be the shooting bullet out of a gun yeah of course and okay and so how did you cope with not being as active during that time oh i'm i mean I remember my first surgery, uh, I had so much pain in my leg that uh, when I would stand up, anyone who's had surgery in their lower extremities knows it's very painful because the blood rushes down to that one point where they cut, they cut deep into the knee. And so it just like pound. And so I was... Um, I well, like would, a pulsating feeling? In the yeah, oh just like God. you want to pass out and like throw up. But I would get on my skateboard, I had a hardwood floor and I would just roll on, like I would just push myself on the skateboard. So there is not no sitting down doing nothing. And I, I developed a deep infection in my leg, which fused the bones together, which is why I had 10 surgeries. Yeah, so my leg was fused together straight. 
So I still can't bend it more than this. So because that's as far as that, um, I just like after the 10th surgery, I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm out. Thank you, Sweden. But deuces, you ruined my leg. I'm out of here. Um, but wow. the, the psychology, I think, is a good, interesting way, um, uh, concept, right? Something that's not a, a non-traditional question on health. Um, I think it's because my mom is so strong. She has a very, very, very strong personality and people who are black kind of make jokes within each other like the culture like especially my age group because I'm 52 that you, you know, look good thank you honey okay. <laughs> I would have never guessed seriously oh thanks yeah yeah I'm a 67 baby yes amazing thank you yeah but she was very 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 strong uh -huh. right so she's from a family of 10 her mother beat the crap out of these 10 kids and they ran a farm. It was it was uh, the the full, the full on what is it forty acres and a mule like indentured slavery. Like they couldn't pay off the debt, so my grandmother kept popping out kids to try to keep up the debt and all this kind of stuff. Wow. So she came up up in a very strong environment, and she's from Tennessee. And then we moved here to L.A. So I was born here in L.A., but she would take her values of growing up and install them here in a different climate. So while, while all my friends, especially all my white friends, were like saying, saying to their mother to F off and like shut up, my mother would be like, she would just give me the death look of, you know, like, yeah, you try. You try to do that, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, like my mother was really, really, really tough, times yeah. a million. And I think that translated into, plus my mom came from so much adversity, I never saw her give in or freak out over anything. So you that's all you know is somebody yeah. not handling you, things. You, and you, you, you create a, you had a great role model to say like, no, you move through things and you keep on going. And well, you she let... wouldn't actually say in that context, she didn't know how to communicate it out. I would just, I would just copy her yeah, movements. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, observing. Yes. Like, you know, the role model aspect of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I think today when I look at the climate of society being, you know, being 52 and seeing how things are today, um, people are very, um, and living in, I lived in Europe for 16 years of my yeah. life and I've traveled around the world like a million times, most of it by myself. I start to see culturally and the way that we exist in this country, we're very pacified. Some people have a difficulty to deal with stress. We don't have um, traditions and values to help us to evolve with things that are stressful. Let's say death in another country. They'll have like uh, traditions to to move around death. Like I was in Africa one year, and this girl died, and I was staying with her, and her mom died, and then she was like screaming and crying, and I was freaking out. She was screaming and crying, and then the friend was like, "No, she's she's purging out her pain." So they had like five days of pain, and then on the sixth day, you start to celebrate that person's life, and you no longer scream or holler or cry. And then I came to the realization that they're they're used to death so much that they created tradition around that so they can move wow. on. So we don't have that in this culture. So mm -hmm. people become overweight, they're like eating their, their uh, emotions away, and then also it starts to affect their physiology and then they're intertwined. So a lot of like poor impulse control, people who are um, delusional or um, <laughs> having any type of bipolar, any type of psychosomatic issues, people who are going through depression, they don't understand the big link between their physiology, their environment, the toxins, the food, their lack of exercise, like everything matters. Yeah, I mean, everything plays a part. And, and nowadays, like, I mean, you, they, they, I was seeing like uh, 
I was watching a TED talk the other day, and they were looking at nutrition, and they were uh, analyzing like the average American diet and how almost 80% of it was processed food. Mm. You know, and like I look at like processed food as being so toxic, right? Mm. You know, I mean, what is it? It's made in a lab. You know, like that can't be good for you, right? Mm. And then we have a more and more polluted society, but people often don't look at these pollutions that they're digesting, you know, and even the pesticides and herbicides and things like that that are sprayed on things, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> Roundup has arsenic mm -hmm. in it. Arsenic in Roundup, you know? Like, so, you know, I, I mean, that that's like in every little, like, movie about how the wife kills the husband or the husband kills the wife is like poison with arsenic, right? But yet we're digesting this and consuming this, even if it's in small quantities, it's how many people are eating this all the time and all they're not the understanding that they're having this, this they can either be developing psychosis depression all this other stuff exactly. but they're, they're, their body's not operating right nope. they're not operating right you know yeah so roundup has a, a has a chemical called glyphosate on it yeah glyphosate destroys the gut wall so that's the small intestine and um, you have a nerve that goes from the brain, it's the vagus nerve, it goes all the way down to your small intestine. And that also connects to the hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenal axis in the middle of the brain that controls, the master control of a lot of hormones that affect your mood and your gut. And mm. so um, this, this whole journey into health for me, like, like we would have to do like 20 of these to get through all the stuff that I've learned, <laughs> which is not going to happen, obviously. But there's so much that, that I know that the average person doesn't think about. So they think, okay, if I, if I stay away from the standard American diet of processed food, then I'll be healthy. You'll be healthier. But then yeah, we, we have yeah to because then you, they're not thinking about like, is Roundup or other, you know, because now, yeah, even if Roundup's starting to become um, illegal to use, there's all these synthetic versions or alternative that are still using the same the glyphosate. And, and so it's like, just because it's not Roundup per se s s sprayed on, it doesn't mean that it's not something just as similar that has it, ditches, is just as harmful. So it's like, okay, yeah, they're going and they're grabbing, I don't know, this lettuce at the store and they think, oh, I'm being healthy because I'm having a salad, but really- or organic. You know, but yeah. they're poisoning themselves. You know, yeah. they're not intentionally because they are, you know, thinking this, but it's because what is that, what's sprayed on there, right? That they're not even aware of. So there is, there's organic and non-organic mm -hmm. foods. So people understand, like I try to explain a lot of things to people. People are confused on what's organic, what's not organic, what's genetically modified, what's selectively bred. Mm -hmm. All of those things do also matter with your health. Yeah. So you could go and get a salad and it can have glyphosate on it. And if it's not organic, certified organic. So that's also something really important. You could be eating a healthy salad. And I use quotations because salads aren't always healthy and I'll go into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Did all the different oils and different things that people put on them or? No, uh, no, actually the, the plants themselves. Oh, gotcha, yeah. Yeah, so do you know anything about um, uh, the, the internal pesticides of plants and when why foods are like, what should we be eating and like to our DNA and like what parts of the, 
Well, well, I, I, well, I know like a lot of like I've studied some of the Dr. Savy's diet and the different, you know, genetically modified plants like broccoli, carrots, those kind of things that aren't natural, you know, and different yeah. things along those lines, yeah. which are interesting. You know, this uh, some of my favorites, broccoli, cauliflower, carrots. I know it's like, you know, saddening, saddening when you find out that they don't really grow naturally except for purple carrots that were once made or grown in Egypt. But yes, other than that, you, you don't really have, you know, the orange carrots and the different things like that they're not you know and then sometimes you know I get all my food from the farmers market but uh, sometimes my roommate will he'll he'll buy like carrots in a bag like orange carrots and it'll be like they'll be in the fridge for like two months and they've, they've <laughs> never even wilted they've never done anything and you're like well, that it can't be good for you to consume no. no matter what like why is it still crunchy my farmer markets carrots are like wilted within two days and like you know starting to like mold if I don't eat them in a week and his carrots are in there for two months <laughs> yeah that's it's scary that you can go and and breed these selectively and hybridize and genetically modify these structures to to freaking not wilt and die off and all of this for so long it's really scary because was that doing to our dna yeah and i mean like and i've heard that some some uh manufacturers of some carrots even put formaldehyde in it okay so Educate wow. us a little bit on this little internal structure of some of the vegetables and things like that, because I'm sure that the, while you're saying it, people are curious on, on some aspects. Yes, okay. So this, this aligns with what I do right now because I do keto, which is supposed to mimic an ancestral diet. Okay. And you have to think about uh, what, would, what would we be eating in nature? So mm -hmm. if I were to ask you, uh, if you lived outside with no technology, what would you be eating where, where's your family from? Wisconsin. I mean, the, Gen genetically. Uh, uh, Native American, uh, so um, in, in, the, in the U.S. and then Germany. Okay. And then it, Italy a little bit too. Okay, so you would say that most of your DNA is coming towards more of a Eurocentric? Yes. Okay. So what would you be eating right now in Germany if there was no technology? <sighs> I feel like, a, well, I, I'm saying a whole bunch of potatoes, but potatoes, not necessarily. But They're uh, from South America. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, when you think about it, when you think about a German diet, you think about sauerkraut, you think about potatoes, you think about wiener schnitzels, you think about those kind of things. You, mm -hmm. that That's like the, you know, even like potato pancakes, those are like a German, like, food, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know? So, um yeah, a lot more of, of of that type of, those are the food cuisines that are like... Think about if you lived outside, mm -hmm. right? Your DNA, not, uh, you know, agriculturalized foods, not farm foods, just what would you live off of the land? Um, not agriculture or farm foods? Yeah, because our DNA, our bodies are primal. Well... Yes and no. I believe that we're genetically hybrided from Anunnaki, but... No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> you know, like... We're, we're, I'm saying, like, from more recent times. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. So if you take us as our hunter-gatherers, that makes, makes it yeah. more specific. Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on what part from Germany, right, and where, and where the area is. But you would, be, you would be maybe cultivating some berries and some different things like that in the summer and the uh, fall time. You would be looking at... Um, maybe some other wild grains or stuff like that, and you'd be eating, you know, You wouldn't maybe be eating grains if it's not agriculturalized. You wouldn't be eating any grains. Mm, you wouldn't be eating, I mean, but grains were back in like 
grains have been in our diet since, you know, even in the book of Genesis, you know, so like we, we go back on grains since our We've evolution. We've been going for from 10,000 years, that's it. Mm -hmm. I have a little, a little slightly different, like, so if, if grains were given, if you look back into like right after the Noah's Ark flood, they said that the gods gave grains and they gave three different types of grains. Um, but well, let's just take what grows in Germany. Okay, so what grows in at Germany? that time? At that's not there's not a lot of grains. That's going to come from the Middle East. Yeah. So I mean, I've I've only been to Germany once. So if you fill me in on what on the landscape there a little bit, I've only been and visited once. So right. Yeah. There's going to be no grains. So they're going to be doing fishing. They're going to have some berries. They're going to be eating some roots, some rooted vegetables, um, and hunt. And that's mm -hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you have to think culturally, ancestrally, where we come from. So people who are more equatorian, lower, they're going to be exposed to more fruits, uh -huh. more of a variety of fruits. And so you can really see how people's DNA is uh, catered towards, I mean, uh, lighter skin is through the loss of uh, mel melanin from the yeah. melanocytes, so you can get more sun, get more vitamin D. Yeah. So our bodies are affected by the climate. Yeah, of course. Very much so. Our gut health, our the way our bodies can take break down foods and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, or deal with fructose or any types of of um, any type of plant for from different regions. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I, I say this is because I want people to get a visualization. Yeah, outside no, no, of I like anything it. Anything that's agriculture, right? We were once eating wild food. That yeah, would be no, 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 no. I hear you. I hear you. Right. So be, besides all any other ancient civilized, I'm not talking about civilization. Okay. I'm talking about Pre-civilization, primal, like, you know, where were we? Okay. Yeah. So that's my area of fascination. Okay. Because our bodies really do respond to, let's say, my physicality, right? Okay. So I'm mixed with a lot of things, but there's a lot of Afrocentricity in me. So you okay. can take, like, bone density, the shape of the muscles. This is not coming from Northern European. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So I got to go like, what would I be eating if I lived in that region or what the East Africa or West Africa? What would I be eating? Okay. Because a lot of larger part of my DNA is going to come from that part of the world. Okay. So this is the kind of stuff that I'm very fascinated by, like super fascinated because you can see, and I've done so much traveling. I see what people who are like closer to, you know, in different c cultures, what they eat uh -huh. and culturally how they prepare and how food's involved and how their uh, health is. Now, where does this come into play? Because, okay, so I hear you on this, but there is also a large body of knowledge that depending on what the mother eats during the time of being pregnant mm -hmm. uh, creates the gut floral for mm -hmm. the, the fetus. Mm -hmm. And then also, well, if they're breastfeeding, mm -hmm. um, the different bacteria and the different cultures that are within the system, because we can have, you know, so many wide variety of gut flora, mm -hmm. you know, and so where does it come in? So I hear the, 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 the longer kind of more primitive uh, aspect, but where does it come in what the mother was kind of conditioned or, 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 or passed on, you know, because let's say, okay, let's say, you know, uh, somebody, Europe, okay, and, and the thing of roots and, and berries and, and maybe some, you know, fish and, and, and hunting. And mm -hmm. then let's say that the mother though was, um, ate a lot of f fruits and tropicals and different things like that. And mm -hmm. so the, the babies or the person, you know, is now, is, are they going to be better conditioned to eat the, the longer DNA type of criminal stuff or the things that their gut flora was balanced on? 
I'm not really sure if that's a clear question in my mind. I can say this, okay. that um, plants grow in season, so you have about 10 weeks. Okay. So you're not gonna get a lot of plant source. Most cultures ate more of a, um, mo mainly more of an animal, um, animal diet. And if they were doing any type of agricultural, culturalizing of the food, they would prep it. So soak it and ferment it and do all these wonderful things that a lot of people don't do today. Yeah. Um, so many people don't have fermented vegetables and things like that and yeah. all the cultures that those bring. Right, right. And, and, and there's some drawbacks to that because if your gut flora is completely at an imbalance, adding all of these different cultures like acromantia and, and, and bifido long, longum, they can make your gut explode. Like you'll have to go to the hospital eating like a bowl of sauerkraut. So if you have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth because you have big holes in the gut wall and you take in all that bacteria, and the, the, there's too much of it, too much of this, and you might have too much of like lactobacillus or something you're adding more in, it'll instantly be create a more of an imbalance your gut can't heal with it. So you have to strengthen that gut wall, then add in those fermented it, foods. What causes those holes in those gut walls? Wheat, beans, soy, quinoa, um, anything that's a baby plant. So baby plants, uh, nuts, uh, all the things that people think that are healthy because the baby plant is the worst because they're the species because plants have been around a lot longer than us and they so want what to do you survive. mean by baby plant do you mean like youngly harvest like sprouts or do you mean like or it, what's the definition of a baby plant? anything that starts this the growth stage of a okay plant. so so like a sprout like an early stage of so a baby plant legitimately not like a you know <laughs> okay i know not like a and there's like well, a, no, no, cause, cause you, you said like nuts and stuff like that. I was like, okay, well, is it like newer plants that are like now in, in like a baby plant, like a new new age plant, like yeah, something yeah, brand yeah, new yeah. or like a baby? Yeah, like a nut, a seed, a grain, okay. any of these things that land on the soil and that begin to sprout. Gotcha. And what they essentially are designed, I mean, nuts have shells for a reason. They don't want to be eaten. Mm. And we eat them like a bunch of idiots without... Pre preparing them like our ancestors did. So nuts have a thing called phytic acid in them. And w this is like mother nature's by design perfection. What they do is they're not digestible. So you don't really digest the nutrients from nuts. You can do digest the oils, but you don't digest most. Most of it comes out your butt. Mm -hmm. So you, you take a nut, you take an almond, which are very poisonous by the way, that's a very hybridized plant, but, or nut, you take a nut, you chew it, it ends up in your small intestine, and that's where a lot of the, that's where we absorb all our minerals. And just like the soil, it's going to soak up all of the minerals out of the soil so it can grow. And it does that in your gut, in your small intestine, and you go over there and poop, and so that plant will grow. Hmm. And you demineralize your body. So it's literally sucking some of the minerals out of your body. Oh, yeah, it's absorbing it. And you're so, trying so not to only it does it take gallons and gallons to produce one little nut, you know, it, it's of water in our little drought, especially in California. Mm. Um, it, it's also it's pulling and sucking all the nutrients out of the out of the system. Of That's the interesting. Host. Yeah, it's a very smart design to do now. You know, Mother Nature didn't factor toilets and stuff like that, where just go down and do so where, somewhere else. But if you were to land on the ground, it'd be a great way to to germinate and pollinate. Yeah. So we eat these things without prepping them in a smart way, like soaking them for three days and drying them out, then eating them and getting rid of a lot of the phytic acid. Mm -hmm. So all plants are poisonous. 
It's just the way it is. They have to have an internal pesticide, or otherwise insects will obliterate it. You know, mm. the people need to think. So the way that we prepared food before, we're not doing that. And mm. that's what's really scary, watching people be deficient in everything. Yeah. They're, they have a weak gut wall. Now, people are weak gluten because gluten is another baby plant. You take the grain and gluten is a protein that damages the lining of your small intestine. It pokes holes in it. That's leaky gut. That's celiac disorder. Mm -hmm. And it's even worse because we genetically modify that grain so much to where the, the chains, the chromosome chains of gluten are so long. It's so much, there's so much more gluten now in bread than it used to be. Now bread, Yeah, people, like if you get, if I get like wheat from Italy, like pastas from Italy, it doesn't affect me. Pastas that are like American, you know, uh, I have to always get imports. Otherwise, I you feel don't it. Feel feel well, exactly. Now, even if you import those grains that aren't as like genetically altered, you're still damaging the gut wall. It's just not so invasive. And so, when you eat these foods, the timing of the food, seasonal eating is so important. Going and just buying everything because we can get it from South America in our winter months is not the smartest. For example, spinach, great source of potassium, but it's got a high level of oxalates in it. And oxalates look like under a microscope, very scary. They look like shards of glass, needles, and knives. So then what do they do to our system? They destroy it. So they create uh, liver lesions, kidney stones. Kidney stones are 100% off of oxalates from plants. Um, so, so they go in and there's little like glass-like shards that like yeah, com you. compound together. Love yeah. to see. Yeah, um, I'll do this real quick. Um, they go, they get into your urethra. A lot of women have think that they have urinary tract infections, but they don't. They have oxalates in the urethra and it's, it's burning. Mm. Um, images of oxalate crystals. Check out these pictures. Check out these pictures. I know, it's coming through my earphones. <laughs> <laughs> let's see here. So the, this is an oxalate. All right, let's see. Under a microscope. Okay. It's going to be too blurry, but. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's no joke. So I even started getting uh, kidney crystals from the precursors to stones because I was eating so much spinach. Wow, look at that guy. Yeah, and that's what oxalate does. So that's when people have poor kidney function, people who've got gout, where they're, and they can't deal with the, the overload of uric acid and purines from red meats into the kidneys, it's because of the oxalates from spinach and dark chocolate and, and potatoes and a lot of foods that you didn't, didn't you know, that we overconsume out of season all the time because we can go to the supermarket and they're not prepped. So if you take spinach and you boil it and you strain out the water, you're pulling out a lot of those oxalate crystals and then you, you can prepare it that way, that's mm -hmm. gonna be a lot safer. So not only, you know, the, the plants give you some great things and then they can give you some of them kick your butt. You yeah, know? so what about people that do like a 100% raw diet? Oh, they're gonna die, or a bad, struggling death. Really? What about all the people that like really like live by it, write all these health books and different things on it? I mean, I'm not a raw foodist or anything like that. I was just saying, you I know? I mean, it's just coming around now that people are under understanding because doctors don't learn a lot about nutrition. I know, a six-hour class, that's all I take. Six-hour class, and they don't learn a lot about the species of plants, the different around the world, you know, what, how to prepare them, how our ancestors prepared these foods. And so 
you know, it seems like a great, great idea to go. And here's the thing. I mean, we're not in people who are raw foodists or vegans. They're not eating things in season. So like right there, they're already going against nature. So you have to look at um, it's now more new information about uh, people trying to understand like what an oxalate looks like under a microscope. And 100 percent, I developed kidney crystals from eating so much spinach, which I thought was the health, one of the healthiest foods ever because it's so high in potassium. Yeah. And I didn't know that it was like creating crystals in my kidneys. Same thing with kale. Kale blocks iodine from getting into the thyroid, so people start developing goiters or you know low th thyroid T3 hormone because of having too much kale because they think that kale is so healthy, but it's not. Mm. Are different forms of kale more healthy than others? No. You know, because you got like the dino kale, the bushy kale, the different things like it's that. It's goitrogenic and it will block iodine from the thyroid, just the way it is over time. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, what are your what are the vegetables that are good for you? Um, things with low oxalates in them, like a sweet potato is better than a white potato. Cabbage is really good. Uh, cabbage is good. Um, broccoli's on the fence. Uh, Brussels sprouts, uh, cauliflower is really, really good. Really? Yeah, these are lower in plant anti-nutrients. Even though cauliflower is a hybrid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's 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 uh, anti-nutrients called salicylates, oxalates, goitrogens, nightshades, lectins, saponins, tannins, gluten. Um, they mess you up. Okay. There's a lot of tannins in green tea and in teas. And we just sit there and suck down green tea all day long. And what and about then tannins take away iron. So if you're a menstruating woman who, who's got low hemoglobin levels, it's not good to drink tea all day long. Okay. And so what about like, are you familiar with the China study? Mm-hmm. Okay. They did studies on rats. And no, no, no I'm sorry, rabbits. No, the China study <clears throat> was. Uh, they did uh, though. On, they did some. No, but but the China study it was when um, the ruler of China ended up with. Uh, or uh, he ended up with liver cancer and uh, or some form of cancer, I forget what it was, and he opened up research to the whole country of China. And it was the first time that a nationwide research study was done on cancer, and he didn't see the results of it because he died in the process of it, of it happening, but what they did was the first ever standardized, like, cross the whole country to all the different territories of study on cancer. And they found um, that, and then they took that a little bit further, and then some more further researchers continued to do it, and then a book came out called The China Study, and it was based on all of this research, and they were able to pinpoint the direct correlation to animal products forming different forms of cancer within different regions mm -hmm. within China. And for like so long in China, they at different territories that still didn't eat a lot of meat had like hard- Like Okinawans? They had, they had the lowest rates of cancer. And so, I mean, I would have to pull all the study or whatever and stuff, but they actually found like if they ate this type of meat, if they ate pork versus if they ate this, if they ate chicken versus if they ate that, and they could actually pinpoint the different cancer. And so uh, how, how do we look at that? Because I'm kind of a person that I'm like against animal products. Like I, I don't like to eat them. I don't, I don't, I don't support it. Like, um, I'll maybe eat a little bit of fish here or there, but I'm I follow more like the medical medium protocols, and uh, and I've healed myself from autoimmune diseases. I've I've uh, I'm extremely healthy now. I used to be on like uh, 22 pills a day. 
Um, so I've eradicated autoimmune disease. I've eradicated uh, different types of problems within my system. Um, I also had Crohn's disease, but I had an autoimmune disease that was um, opposite of AIDS where I produced way too many white blood cells. Mm -hmm. I was super sick as a kid. And I healed myself by taking out animal products out of my diet, and I became healthy as a result of that. So it's just interesting. I mean, and there's everything works for different people at different times, but it's just I'm listening, and I have a different belief system, but it doesn't mean that mine's right or yours is right or mine's wrong and yours is wrong. I'm just wondering how you go about that type of mindset. Okay, so granted, one of the things I said, there's everything's contextual. Yeah. Right? So there are people that eat one meal a day and say they do great. Well, yeah, no, and, and that's where I think that there's different diets for different people too, based on so many of their different, what works for them, their lifestyle, where they are, their DNA, their genetics, Yes. you know, like their gut bacteria, the yes. different things that are going on. And so I'm hearing this, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's a, it's a different theory of one that I don't, I don't, I haven't ever exp like put well, myself into that. Actually, I haven't, here. I haven't come together with a theory. Oh, no, 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 not, not a theory, but a different, so the, you, it's you facts do. that plants have plants. Uh, anti-nutrients and if they're not if we're eating things out of season so that that that's a fact we've genetic genetically modified carrots and broccoli which is was the cabbage these are facts so there's no theory yet well yes and then there's there's also been facts that have shown scientific research that has linked red meat and different types of meats to different forms of cancer and illness and and yeah. and, and high cholesterol and no, things like that absolutely not you actually have to understand because we're going no, off. No, I mean, these are facts. These are scientific studies no, that not. I've actually there's, looked at. You, there's no a, a double, double blind med study that proves that there's any cancerous link to red meat, period. Period. Yeah. You can go look at it. You can go to PubMed and you can find zero link. So you have to be careful with the medical community. You can go to a doctor tomorrow and they'll go, you have these symptoms and we'll put you on an SSRI, which is serotonin reuptake inhibitor, which means you're depressed where you might have something going on with like your gut, or you might have something going on with your estrogen dominance, and this is affecting the neurochemistry. So we have to take science with a grain of salt. There's a lot of, let's say the China study, they did do studies on rabbits um, that said they cannot tolerate uh, that meat is unhealthy. These rabbits died from eating red meat. Well, they're herbivores, so they can't eat red meat. They used rabbits mainly as their main subjects. If you take people who are centarians, they come from Okinawa, they okay. eat pork and a lot of it, a lot of pork. So we have to be careful with studies, who they're funded by, you know, let's take the keto diet, right? Mm -hmm. This is a great example. So when I first started doing keto, people didn't know what it was. Then um, everyone's like, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. And then they're like, oh my God, this thing's unhealthy. What are we basing all this information on, right? Yeah. So, oh, keto's not good for women. Nothing's contextualized. What kind of meat were people? When people do surveys, it's you're getting, people don't remember what they ate three days ago. Mm -hmm. You have to do long-term studies with people and they have to be very, and this is what the medical community doesn't do. They don't do human trials, right? So a lot of this stuff on meats is animal trials. Well, the, the China study in China was done off all people with, it was, it was a people study on cancer. Like that one was. Right, but they use, also use rabbits as their main, you can go and look at, they use rabbits as the, the link to uh, cancer when it came to eating red meat. 
they use rabbits. For the, for the, for the specific China study, it was people, and they went through cross. Uh, they looked at their mortality rate. They looked at when they got diagnosed with cancer and everything. It was it was a people study. That specific one. Now there could have been other ones, and maybe when that book came out for for some of the things, but the actual like governmental study was done on humans. Okay, so you got to realize how corrupt China is today with WeChat. They control everything. You know how Russia was with Chernobyl how they didn't tell anybody that was going on. We have to really be careful with government studies. So sometimes when people ask me with like what I do, well, you know, where do you get your data from? Like what education do you have? And I'm like, mm, the people I work with, because it's 3000 people deep now. So I've come together with a lot of my um, mm -hmm. understandings of things. So in the beginning people are like, oh, okay, whatever. They were indifferent because they like, it was new. Then it was like, oh, you're crazy. Cause I would tell people to stop eating specific foods, cheese, nuts, and coffee. Mm -hmm. Those were the three things because people would have all of these like hypoglycemic reactions, their hair would fall out when they would eat these foods. But I didn't understand why at the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, caffeine is also makes your pH go, you know, and so like well, it does I mean, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, I can. Yeah. Remember, yeah. yeah. It's really co coffee is really, and, really, and really they've, bad for you. And they linked uh, dairy too in the in the same study. They linked dairy. Yeah. But that's, so that that's makes all sense. a bunch of crap because with it, it matters the type of food that you're eating. Right. I've been to China. You don't get like high quality grass fed, you know, raw milk. You're not getting yeah. that. You're getting the worst quality of food. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Us living here, like we can go to Air One and get raw kefir, yeah, which is so good for the gut flora. Yeah. This idea of dairy damaging and messing with your uh, uh, insulin receptor sites and the IGF one is a bunch of bullshit. Sorry, and um, there's nothing. It's just unfortunate. Look, when it comes to sentient beings and the industrialization of animals, it's disgusting. Yeah, but if you're talking about what our DNA can survive off of. It's, if you're living, if you're in Germany, you're not going to be eating a lot of berries to survive. You're going to have to hunt. And so there have been no vegan societies that have been, you know, uh, to, that we can see and find. Um, people lived off of what they could. And when we were hunter-gatherers and we were migrating around, you have to follow what were the season of foods that are growing. You have to, you have to, um, because here's this thing that's very, very interesting. I watched this this cheesy show years ago called Naked and Afraid. Okay. And then I like became, it's a, like a reality show where you take these uh, adventures and you throw them out in really remote places out of the world for like, normally it's 21 days with no clothing on. And you've just, they, you can bring one thing. So it can be like a flint rock or it can be like, bring like <laughs> so, a So it's like a survivor net. show, but it's like a better version. They just throw them out. They like. literally throw them out and like with Survivor, they're like right there. But on this show, they actually have to put the camp, like the people who are the medics and stuff somewhere else. And so you see people getting like really sick, like dengue fever and they get like spider bites and they have to be rushed off to the hospital. People get like almost die on the show. It's like really crazy. So um, they took, I think it was like 12 people and they put them in Africa, East Africa, which I've been to. And I lived in an African village for two months. So I'm like super fascinated by this. Okay. East Africa for two months, uh, uh, for 40 days, uh, or like a month and a half, and put them outside. And I was like, okay, let's see what they're gonna eat. Can you imagine what they ate? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what all of like the, the the natural vegetation is, but I'm guessing that they would have to eat some meats and, and small rodents and animals and 
if it, they bordered the sea, then I'm guessing that they would do some fishing and stuff too. Yes, so they ate wild spinach, right? They boiled wild spinach and um, they had some catfish with that. And they tried to eat figs and almost had to go to the hospital because they, these, are, these are wild. So this, a plant is most safe right, right when it's about to die because it's mm -hmm. not gonna survive. So all those anti-nutrients are a lot lower. Gotcha. The poisons in the plant are a lot lower. So they ate it to not uh, too prematurely. <laughs> a couple of them had to go to the hospital because um, they didn't know any better. These are wild species, right? These have yeah. not been hybridized, so they, are, they become edible. Mm. And, um, and then the rest they hunted, they ate boar, and then they ate fish, and like they ate one type of caribou thing, and then like some ants and snakes, and like that's what they ate. So when you're like, oh, the China study and the government, China's so corrupt and all this kind of stuff, we have to think, what would it be if we were to live outside and sort of allow nature to dictate what would, what it, would, what would it be? Of course, we're gonna eat plants and fruits and berries and roots. And um, if we ate nuts, we'd prepare them because we're not having children because we're being de demineralized. Um, and then we would eat animals. So when you're like, oh, the- Well, we would eat wild animals. And right. so there's, there's, there's a lot of like, you know, the way of factory farming is, and some of these animals, they, they're, they're genetically altered. They're stuffed with antibiotics. Yeah. They're, you know, chickens grow like twice as big, mm -hmm. twice can't as walk. fast, can't walk. They're mowing in their own feces, mm -hmm. you know, or like the cows, you know, never even see daylight, you know, and it's like that that energy and you know i'm all they're about actually, they're actually cows are grass-fed first i'm totally against factory farming but they're not they don't grow up in like uh they they have to be certified and they have to eat the grass first then they go to the feedlots for 15 months but go ahead yeah so i mean but still like that trauma that they go through in the 15 months is you know i mean these are these are animals that have you know, souls too, and they have impact, they have intelligence, and mm -hmm. you know, you're traumatizing these animals, and then you're you're loading them through of chemicals and hormones and all of this stuff, and what is available to the average consumer is, you know, not really good quality stuff. Horrible. You know, and so if people are eating that, they're- And they are, you know, most people. You know, that can't, they, I mean, I'd take spinach over that any day, you know? Well, problem is, is that there's more animals killed in farming than there is in, um, because people don't factor in mice, fox, birds, anything that's in that population, insects. So we lose no matter what. We destroy the soil. We demineralize the soil. We keep throwing like chemicals on it so we can start keep growing like our soy and our corn and our yeah. Wheat. Well, no, I'm totally against that too. Like, they regrow the same crop over and over again. You're not getting any mineral density. So even if you think you know that you're getting nutrients, they say like spinach nowadays is like I don't know if it's like a thousand times less nutritious than it was 20 years ago or something like Would that. Would have more minerals in it, Man yeah, magnesium, yeah, potassium. Yeah, yeah it's because it's all depleted from because they use the same area to continue to grow it. Exactly. The thing is about the factory farming, I don't even think it's a subject because I'm 100% agreement to that. So yeah. all the meat I eat is not, it's like grass fed and free range and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm against all of that factory farming, but I'm also against um, all of the crops that come up and, and just destroy the topsoil. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm against the, because the, the, you're not getting any of the true nutrient de density. And you know, like 
we need, you know, if we're looking at that holistic type of thing, it's how do we get the nutrients that we need or the the right components that we need in this lifestyle that is completely different landscape than how we would have lived, you know, 20,000 years ago, right? You know, and so it's it's all the way around from the vegetables to the meats to even the fish, right? You know, mm. and because most of the time it's like these these fish farms, right? Most, mm. of, most of what people are buying at the store are farm-raised fish that are filled with all of these little parasites and all this other stuff. And so it's like- fed what, corn? Yeah, oh yeah, the fish are being fed corn or, you know, like, oh, yeah, they're, or they're being fed chicken. Like a large, they, they found that one of these like fish farms in like Northern California or whatever, they were feeding the uh, fish chicken. What? <laughs> like. <laughs> I just feel like so many things that we do on so many different levels is yeah. so, but horrifying. this but this is why like i think like i think what you're saying is know what you eat you know it's like even if we we disagree maybe on some of the diet choices like i think that the, the that that core essence of purity and knowing what you eat and trying to find the truth and the most nutrient dense uh available bio you know bio uh, absorption <laughs> you know like um that that we can have right you know yeah. i don't actually think we disagree i think that just knowledge gives you better choices so yeah. you know i eat plants so we don't disagree on that and as far as like what our cultures ate, there's no disagreement. The, yeah, the centurions. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. So I don't think we're actually disagreeing. I just think that you the, that we differ on what we choose to eat, but we're yeah. not like in an argument. No, 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 no. There's no. There, there's not an argument. I'm just saying that I, like I I support more of a more just plant based diet, and you support more of a a meat based diet. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with people eating meat. I have a problem with the factory farming, and I don't think that the choices of what people are getting when they go to an average restaurant or a place is something of value you know like so what do you think this because like you know basically on both sides it sucks everything destroys the planet well yeah. so what I try to do like at the end of the day because like, I'm a hundred percent agreeing with you the factory farming is so disgusting um, and it's like what in, in, fa in factory farming even if it's not factory farming for for just animals, factory farming for massive producing of, of even agriculture, you know, like the, the mass quantities that are, are being produced that are lacking nutrients or over inundating it with hormones or pesticides or herbicides or whatever the case may be. It's like our food system is creating this illness that, you know, people are struggling with how you started out saying, you know, uh, all of the different correlations from the vagus nerve and having this ability that 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 goes to your pituitary gland that goes to all of your you know like most of the time when people actually oh you're laughing at me no no not uh, at you no i'm the conversation no 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 i thought no. you guys said something that i was like oh did no, i mess no, up no. on something but no no no, no, no. Like, an intelligent conversation uh, no, no but but um you know like that a lot of the times when people are having these depression or low moods or lack of energy or feeling uh, non-fulfilled in life, it's, it's literally what they eat. 
right? Well, it's it's, it's a couple things. Well, it's, no, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a couple things. So we'll, uh, the, there's like a triad of things. So you know, it starts with the with the diet. So if certain foods can break down the body, then your timing of foods. You know, a lot of people have like adrenal fatigue, or they have um, chronic fatigue, or they'll have thyroid issues, and and um, so. Food timing, people eat on the go, they're like skipping meals. So the body is like a car, you're putting gasoline in it, you drive a car. People are going and driving 100 miles an hour and there's no gasoline in the tank. Mm -hmm. If you're not putting fuel in the body, the body has to rob from itself. That breaks down your immune system. Yeah. So there's all these little nuances that people don't consider. If you're not sleeping well and there's five levels of sleep, mm -hmm. right? It's like you're diving down into a swimming pool. Yeah. And the deeper you go, when you get to the REM cycle, that's when you know you've passed deep sleep and now you can start to repair the body. And mm -hmm. people aren't hitting that because let's say these lights right now at this time of day are telling our brain uh, that it's two o'clock, the pituitary, that it's two o'clock in the afternoon. So cortisol that would be on its way down is now on its way up. Yeah. So if, if you ate poorly, but you did everything else correctly, that would preserve your DNA a little bit more, which is called epigenetics. Your mm -hmm. genetics would be able to like withstand the amount of, you know, just catabolizing, you know, attack on it. So sleep is probably a big one. The diet is a probably a big one. And then lifestyle, uh, the, like you just lifestyle, said, the lights, different things, exercise, all of it. Yeah. So we're constantly being inundated. So, you know, pretty much like, you know, if we, we gave somebody a takeaway, it's about being aware of what you do, how you live, and how to take care of yourself, right? You know, because it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's really a table, right? Yeah. It, it, it's more than just three factors, maybe four or five or six, you know, that are all coming in. And even if you took like a four-legged table, you can cut a one leg off and it still stands, you exactly know, right. until the pressure hits it in the wrong angle and then it's going to tumble over. Yeah. But from the surface, everything might look all right. But the moment that a little bit more pressure gets added on and it's going to tumble over. And I think that that's what happens. Like people can last five years, 10 years going, you a know, lifestyle, you know, a lifetime. And then they have one little thing that cracks. Right. You know, something happens to go through a brutal divorce. Something else happens. It was something, something in their life. And suddenly that little bit of pressure and they realized that they didn't have a strong foundation, that there was a collapse, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you, then you've seen all these massive people with health ramifications and toxic, I mean, it's just... And depression is out of control. So there's so many things like us being connected to the nature. So a part of me getting a horse was, it was a conscious decision. I'm going to have to be forced to be outside all day to connect to a circadian rhythm. I will be exposed to natural light mm -hmm. all day. This is going to affect my DNA. Yeah. And these things people don't consider. They go from their, their house to their car to the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how can you most natureify your life as much as you can within a very um, progressively, you know, nano-driven technology society, autonomous society in the direction that we're going? How can you be your most natural self? I feel that a lot of people don't understand that depression isn't doesn't just start in the mind. It has a lot to do with what's going on in your gut. Yeah. So that mostly vagus like nerve. you you were talking about. Like I I fully believe that you know, yes. and that that throws off everything and it's it's all connected, right? Just like you said. And then if you're not getting proper sleep, and then you're not, you know, sleep is not only about recharging your body. It's also about coping with your stress, and it's about releasing, you know, like having your body be able to 
be in alignment with the current reality, right? You know, because there's still there's three three aspects of sleep that your mind goes through from processing to conflict resolution to venting out. You know, on on those type of psychological aspects. But if if you're not having that, you're never doing that. You're never you're never having new information outweigh old information. So you're never allowing yourself to be at terms with any event in your life. And then you know, if you're not sleeping, then everything's overwhelming. And then you're probably not eating right because you're grabbing things that are just going to be fast energy consumption. And so now you're further creating this embedded loop that you're just deteriorating yourself more and more. And the neocortex and all the synopsis start going in that direction. So you can consciously understand the right thing to do, like trying to get the Greek guy here to get off coffee, but the, 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 <laughs> me too. I need it too. I've, yeah, I've, been, too. Try, I've been trying. <laughs> um, but you know, your, your physiology almost becomes dependent and addicted to those hormonal releases that you get from, let's say caffeine. Yeah. And that's going to affect the way the brain creates synopses and the, the, your identity and it's all here. And, um, people understand consciously what they need to do, but physiologically they can't. Yeah. It's like their hormones are addicted. Like hormonal releases are fascinating. Women are more um, oxytocin driven, men are more vasopressin. And mm-hmm. this is very primal. We're bonding, they're hunters, mm-hmm. right? Uh, aggressive, testosterone, hunt, fight, you know, protect. And uh, uh, our, we're not using any of these beautiful hormo- hormones that we have been so blessed with for anything except being freaking gluttonous consuming sloths. Yeah. We eat, we we purge, we don't connect to anything that's real. Mm-hmm. The phone in the bed, the the lights, the the way people breathe, the way they sit, the way they all this comes down to maybe what you guys are doing here at Liberate which is to connect to your the inner you, to yeah. make a real deep connection. And there are so many different moving parts with just how you live your daily life, with just how you sit. We sit like this, yeah. right? A C shape. There's no upper trunk circulation in that. Yeah. How is that going to help your mental cognition, yeah. your sense of self and wellness, if you're not being able to circulate anything? Women who are estrogen dominant, that's a huge problem because that's going to affect, affect your, your sense of, of reality. If you have too much estradiol running through the blood, you are PMSing. You're subjective. <laughs> how are you know? How are you going to balance your hormones, and then create break old synopsis, which is like a key into a lock. It's a habit. Yeah. And to create new habits, you have to break old habits. Well, how do you break old habits? We well, have to deconstruct, go down that rabbit hole, find out who you were as a kid. When did this start? Because that grew up off to this branch and created this habit. Yeah. that you can't break. Yeah. So like, well, McAllis will say, oh, well, I love the coffee and I'm Greek and I love the taste, but this goes far down that, that rabbit hole. Yeah, this is even generational. You know, this is something that he observed probably with parents or different things. And, you know, it becomes this, you know, and then all of the links that are from it, like how many good times are sitting there or the comfort or the relaxation or whatever it may be, right? Yes, and how does this, this how does the conscious mind People are conscious and know that they should be making wiser choices if it's a relationship or jobs or, or their self perception or their body. How are you, one side of your understanding is like, I see everything clearly, but the other side won't change. Yeah. Right? So you have to deconstruct a lot of different things on the way the neocortex works, the synopses, how we create habits, how the food's affecting us, how the sleep is affecting us, 
All of these things are very, very relevant. Now, people who are addicted and have poor impulse control, that's your physiology at that juncture. At yeah. that point, your hormones are running on autopilot. Yeah. So how do you, you know, pull out those connections and create new ones and go against what your impulses are? You know yeah. you're doing wrong, but you do it anyway. And yeah. And it takes a really strong minded person who puts themselves in alignment with all of the right things to be able to then go, I have just this much energy to make the first step and now I've made the second step and now I've made the third step. Yeah. But in this society that we live in, it's very difficult. Well, especially since a lot of the things are um, almost like, um, like praised, like all the bad behaviors are praised or looked at, you know, like, I mean, if you look at coffee, it's like there's a coffee shop in every corner. It's like it's the, you know, trendy, cool thing to do. It's like, oh, let, let's meet out for a coffee or let's do this or, you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, and so that's almost pushed on people. Right. You know, and then uh, whether it's like the fast convenience of the fast foods or the different things, you know, and so more and more. Uh, not only is it just about you, you're fighting a societal push as well, which it's almost like the double willpower needing to happen. Yes, which kind of goes back to where, because my mom, this started with, you said with the cancer yeah. in China study. My mom had a thing called a glioblastoma. Okay. It's the most aggressive brain cancer that exists. Pretty much less than 1% of all people survive this. That's just the end of it. It doesn't uh, metastasize. It just grows in the brain and just kills you. Wow. And she's still alive today. So I found the ketogenic diet because I found something that was an anti-cancer strategy. Gotcha. She's still alive. It's 12 years later. And people are like, the doctors are like, I don't know how she's still alive, but she is. So for me, my brother and I went in there and we just changed her whole life. Everything from like sleep to, to exercise to her diet. Now, back then, I didn't really know what I was doing. But that's when I started going on the internet and started talking about my experience with my mom who survived. Yeah. And for me to do this diet, I was like, I want to do this diet. It's cray, cray. But, but it makes sense knowing and looking at cancer and what I've studied from it. Because, you know, for the, uh, for the keto diet, you're taking away a lot of the fruits, which are, are, are carbohydrates. You're taking a lot of the other carbohydrates away. And so, you know, there's, there's a theory out there that... Uh, that cancer is a fungus overgrowth okay and that it, it there's and so again that's a theory that that cancer can be a cause of fungus and that it's this fungus growth and that's why the tumors are white and that's why they can grow really big and then they can also shrink within it. I think it, it has an effect on on yeah. cancers because we have yeah. oncogenes. Yeah. So go ahead. And so um but it's interesting that a lot of times when people put these uh, cancer into remission, it is, you know, cutting a lot of the sugar down and different things. But you also took away all the processed foods, all of those, you know, in, in the way that you go about it uh, with it is making sure that the meats and the, and the, and the everything is clean, clean as possible. You know, and I think that that's like the biggest thing. If people are eating what they're eating, make sure it's the cleanest, that it's the cleanest possible, that it's not these processed or filled with these chemicals or filled with these hormones. And, and in it, now you're getting natural. And I think anytime somebody's back to nature, they're, they're, that, that's, that's the healthiest anybody can be, right? It's you know, this is anyone can be. That's where we kind of started this whole conversation about following things that is like, what, what would it be if you lived outside? That's my whole ideology. 
And um, the thing about the whole like plants versus meat, which there's benefits to both, but okay. we have to look at um, the health of the animal or if you're eating a plant that's been genetically selectively bred, modified, it has pesticides on it. The thing is, is that... And then how my, you're cooking the plants and everything and how too. You're, yeah. And how you're cooking it. My big thing right now is eating organ meats. Mm. That's my huge push right now. Because there's more, there's more vitamins and minerals coming from the organ meats than fruits and vegetables combined a hundred times. And I'm saying this on purpose because you're plant-based and I want to see what your reaction is. <laughs> I'm like, at me, I'm like, me like this. <laughs> oh. You ready for this, honey? <laughs> okay. okay. Oh. So plants make K1, not K2. Uh-huh. It's hard to get uh, K1 now. Uh, you can convert a little bit of K1 into K2, but you need fat transport, so it's very not good to eat plants with high high in K1 without like eating an avocado with yeah. it. Because you need a trans... These are fat-soluble vitamins, vitamin D, E, A, and K. Fat-soluble. Yeah. Um, things like uh, keratin, which is retinol in, in carrots, mm -hmm. is super toxic. So when they take you know, a plant source, uh, vitamin A, and they put it into a capsule and they give it to you, that's where liver damage comes into play. Yeah. But if you have like liver and it's got retinol in it, you're good. There's mm. no liver damage. And you can get out the zinc, copper, selenium, the iodine, the vitamin D, E, A, K, and the iron, which well, is amazing. Well, what about some of the toxins that are in the liver that you're Liver does not store in the toxins, it's stored in the body fat. It just filters the toxins. That's just a fact. Well, you know, it filters it filters the toxins, but a lot of times the the liver gets toxin filled because it's not filled. It stops filtering it into uh, it. The that's, process that's, of filtering it becomes hindered with the overindulgence. This is factory farming. So we're talking nature. Okay. There's no toxins. There's no toxins, and toxins aren't stored in the liver. They actually filtrate through. They're not getting stuck unless it's a, a liver that's damaged through factory farming and hormones and things of this nature. We're not trying to put too much IGF-1 factor, make a cow grow too fast. Mm. So, um, yeah, so you're good to go. Like, I eat grass-fed liver all day. I remember I started doing like this. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm 52. My eye, my 2020 vision is going away. I've been doing liver for two years. It's right back, 2020 again. Just like this, boom. Interesting. Yeah, because of the retinol. So if we take away the whole like, oh, it's so an where, animal, where it's sentient, and just go to like, what's the nutrition inside of it? So where do you go to get your clean meat sources? Oh, there's a ranch up two hours from here. Yeah. So okay. Spring Valley, yeah. So, so get, you actually go to the ranch, yeah. get your products from the ranch. Yeah. So like or, if people were listening though and they wanted to, uh, like where would they go? Or there's, there's places online. There's uswellnessmeats.com. There are certain ranches that will now freeze dry and they'll send it. Okay. Or they'll wrap it in ice and they'll send it. Or you can go to your local farmer and support your local farmer and don't support factory farming and get your grass-fed meats. Um, but I got sponsored by a company that I just love to death because what happens is a lot of people are missing an enzyme called diamine oxidase. This is when people have allergies, food, mm -hmm. uh, seasonal, uh, they're swollen all the time, they get sick, and we are missing certain types of enzymes, unfortunately, coming from things like wheat products, which poke holes in the gut wall, and, and, mm -hmm. some, and there's a thing called cross-reactivity where things like cheese can do the same and certain dairy can do the same yeah. to people. But uh, this diamine oxidase enzyme is, sits in the small intestine and when you release histamine, it takes it down. So why are people running to antihistamines? Because that diamine oxidase is too low because of the diets that we eat. Gotcha. So eating things like uh, kidney and um, thymus from a goat will help the production of diamine oxidase. So 
um, how I found this out was I went online. I oh, no, I, there was a cockroach infestation in my building. They, uh -huh. the, the city cited them, so they finally had to go and, or else they were gonna like the city was gonna find them a lot. So they had to go and seal off all of the. Everybody was getting cockroaches. Well, I was getting cockroaches so much they started biting me, and I started having a histamine response because they bite. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that they bite. They can be really, really tiny. You can't see them. They come up and get on you, and they'll bite. So that little bite turned into big welt. You saw them. I started getting these big welts, and I was like, okay, I'm having a histamine response. This is swelling. So I knew that, and I was like, what takes down swelling? Well, I heard that kidney does it, so I was like, okay, let's start with kidney. And then I was like, oh, thymus. Well, I can't get thymus. Like, that's really hard to get because it's behind the trachea. And this company, all their stuff is from New Zealand, which is like they're super hardcore regulated with their with their um, with their uh, um, with her grazing ruminants. Am I saying the word right? With their grazing animals. Mm -hmm. And um, I started taking thymus, and you could just see the swelling go to nothing. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, this is crazy. This is insane, right? I was like, this is ridiculous. So then the vi for like the liver with the vitamin C and then like the iron and then like I was like, I had fibroids and I was bleeding too much. And then like I was taking, um, uh, when I started taking liver, and my iron had become too low. No, this is fibroids a while ago. And, but my, my iron, I hadn't gotten back my iron because I wasn't eating iron rich foods with hemoglobin in it. I started eating liver and then my iron went boop, right back up. So for me, the big push right now is organ meats. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I can't. Interesting. But hey, you know, whatever works for people, right? You know, like, I don't know that I could be eating an organ no, meat, no, but, you, you know, you no, but, but, but it's it. fascinating that, it's you just, know, like yeah. the, the science behind it and the different aspects. I'm sure that there's probably some maybe like herbs or something that can be brewed that also have somewhat of an effect, but, you know, like... They're it, like stinging nettle, but like it doesn't work like diamine oxidase. Diamine oxidase is the enzyme that breaks down histamine in your body. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm saying, yeah, you yeah. know, like, but I mean, for those that don't want to eat, you know, the, the kidney or whatnot, you know, maybe there's something out there. I don't know it. I, I don't know what that is, but I'm just stinging saying it, but, it. but it's, 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 it's beautiful that the planet has cures for everything if we if we find those cures right you know in whatever form that comes into right you know um and i think that that's all across the gamut you know from from you know maybe the different animals and plants that are around us or the different ways that we can process it to even you know like a firm believer in in psychedelics helping out with anxiety or Absolutely. giving people spiritual awakening mm. and healing some traumas in mm. them so you know from consuming a mushroom to taking ayahuasca to eating a kidney to you know finding you know the right right tea that helps remove uh, whatever that is for people but i think the basis of i think that that correlates and kind of merges both of our belief system is that this planet and what is on this planet naturally has has the ability to heal correct and rebalance our system when we allow ourselves to seek those answers find it and 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 consume it we will find that balance back again and it's a balance not just within our nutrients it's that balance of you know the the circadian rhythms and going in and, and being with a horse and outside of the distraction of the 4G, 5G networks exactly. that are bombarding us and the lights and the systems. It's like, how do we become more in alignment because we're so out of it mm. and it's manifesting
experiencing an illness, psychosis, depression, you know, withdrawal, like all of these different things, you know, and, and there is answers and it doesn't have to come in a capsule or a pill, right? No, it doesn't. I think that people should look at things like, can you poop? Because that's a big problem, right? <laughs> you start with the basics. Like we just make it simple. Are you pooping? Are you constipated? Because if you can't poop, then you're not getting out all of the estrogen that's being reabsorbed back into the body and causing damage and cancers and things of this nature. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people should just go, can you poop? Yeah. You know, can you sleep within 10 minutes of going to bed? I don't mean two minutes because that's adrenal fatigue. Can you just relax and just slightly uh, slide into sleep? Yeah. Do you wake up with energy? Are you tired? Does it take you more than five minutes to get out of bed? These are small things that people can look at in their everyday to and say see if the, they're if they're functioning, if their stuff is functioning. Yeah. Because um, food and even um, and and herbs aren't going to work unless you go and do the groundwork on the existing health issues that you have. Because you could take all the right food and all the right herbs, and then you're not you're going to bed at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Or you have these holes that need to be healed, and so your nutrients aren't even being absorbed, right? You know, mm -hmm. so like, it's it's looking at yourself as the whole system, right? You know, yeah. and seeing, you know, what's working in my life, what isn't working, and even I love the fact of asking those simple questions because people don't even take the time to examine their life to say, do I have a hard time falling asleep? Do I fall asleep within ten minutes? Do I poop normal? Do I not? Do my I skin? Do yeah. I have like eczema, psoriasis? Am I bloated? You know, yeah. do I fart? Is my poop floating? Yeah. Um, like if I'm storing fat in weird parts of my body, if my, if my hair falling out, you had a hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, you know, my hair's falling out. So many people ask me that my hair's falling out. What's going on? I was like, well, there's a couple things, <laughs> right? It's either like low iron or it's uh, your low T3 or you're having plaque psoriasis that's like, you know, completely obliterating your scalp or you're having an autoimmunity like alopecia and you have to look at what you're eating for that yeah so things like hair thinning these are the things I get from women my menstrual cycle is wonky I've got this that or third I'm PMSing I'm depressed or somebody's skin I can look at people's skinning I can see what's going on bags under the eyes mm -hmm. right what's bags under the eyes what causes that yeah dark circles under the eyes um crepey skin um you know, men who are like, oh, I just don't build any muscles on my legs. Everybody should stop and take a look because if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. Yeah. And we just normify everything and go, oh, like this isn't that bad. And you keep rolling, doing the same bad action and getting the same bad result and then turning towards plastic surgery because, as you know, we live in the city where people mm -hmm. are just. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, it's a young I'm, girl. I'm, I'm like, you got a fake butt. I'm like, that looks fake. Yeah. I might not feel good and I might be falling apart on the inside, but I look good. Right? I think I look good. I look like a, a mutant monster. I don't look human anymore, but hey, I think I look good. Yeah. Um, there's so many things to consider, and I think. Um, uh, I look like a mutant monster. <laughs> no, sorry. It's not true. <laughs> they do. Like, I see so many they girls. Like the I can't kiss you if I wanted to because I can't know how to move them. No, Seriously? I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, people. No, no, I mean, it's really. Like, I'm pretty blunt, and one thing I try to get people to understand is that I'm 52 going on 53. My ass, have, my butt has been served on this planet.
Yeah. And you get to a point in your life where you don't want to filter what you think anymore, but you also want to be respectful to the person that, who, with whom you're speaking to, yeah. but still be true to who you are. And I think yeah. a lot of people lose that mm -hmm. in trying to get acceptance or they become easily triggered because no one's honest anymore. Mm -hmm. Everybody's like kind of hiding behind this weird thing. So when trends come, people jump on a trend keto or whatever trend it is, but they don't actually look into why they do what they do. People are like, so you're saying that keto diet's the best diet? I'm like, nope, not at all. Yeah. I mean, it could actually hurt you, you know? Don't do things that are trendy. Go and try to figure out, because I feel like people need to get to know, need to get to, they need to get to know who they are from the eyes of another, not from the internal self. Yeah. Right? Because the internal self is always going to protect themselves. So you can, yeah. you can give people all the tools. Here, all the tools will fix the car. They don't only use two. I'm like, you can't use two. You got to use all ten. The thing won't work. Yeah. That's the problem with our society, society today. Today, People don't take a step back, take a look at who they actually are. Sometimes I say to people, don't react, right? Talk to a person in the way that you think, that, the way their brain works. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I talk to the Greek guy here, I have to find a language that he understands. Yeah. Right, because he does not like confrontation. I don't like it either, but I have no problem with it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I have no problem at all. I've like conditioned myself to instead of being quiet like I used to be, I started speaking up. And as you get older, you're like, hey, I've been on this planet a long time. I'm just gonna say what I think. I don't care, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> he calls me the blunt instrument of death. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, at a certain point, you know, like, uh, yeah. And 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 when you're coming from a space of like. And I think people need to do that for their self too and hearing what other other people, but also being blunt to their self on what is working, what isn't working, right? You know, it's like you can hide it. Yeah, your inner self is going to tell you and support you and validate you. But there's also there going to be some things when you, you know, you know, and you have to be clear on that. Like when shit ain't working and things don't, you know. But they will still, people will still come up with a, an excuse. I'll be like, but, but that's when they're not honest with themselves. But if they really know that they, they know, like they know that their, their sleep cycle screwed up or they know that they've been struggling with the adrenal or they know that they have constant depression or they know that their system isn't working right, they know. They get in denial of sometimes their actions around it because they want to project the reasons why they're like that to not be their responsibility or their fault. But True that's said. that's... That's doing you a disservice for those that are listening because everything in your life is your fault. And when you get, everything. and when you get there and you take responsibility, it doesn't mean that you mean mean to be like, oh, I was so horrible before I did all this stuff. It, it just meaning like, hey, no, I can take responsibility. I got myself here. And that means that if you can take responsibility, that means that you can get yourself out of here, right? Wherever here may be for you, you know? But it's it's not your mother's fault, your brother's fault, your sister's fault, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, your this, Boss, your co-worker, co or the, the person that brought donuts into work. It's not anybody's fault, but yours. And when you, when you get that, you own your own life, and then you can start <laughs> to go down rabbit holes. You know, you can dive in deeper to a lot of Stephanie's work. She does all these beautiful um, 
videos and i think you do live once a week we live once a week. so yeah. live once a week with all of these amazing facts you know genius in there as far as like all the things for i'm sure that you're hearing it here and then you know do rabbit holes and other things too and find out all the different things and try stuff and try to fix your life if it's broken you know i think that that's the biggest thing take responsibility i made it broken i did i'm the one who made the choices that got me here and then see if you can make some choices to get you out of here no, I wish I really wish people would do this it would be the, would make the planet a lot more easy but I think that because so many other people are the exact same way they can't see mm -hmm. the, the trees through the forest like they can't see it they can't see that there's problems that are around them they might feel crappy one day but when I say if I'm honest if I'm bluntly honest with people right it's the most like you know, it's really shocking because no one else is. Yeah. So you might feel like, oh, I don't feel like this girl that rides horses. She's like, she's like, I hate pictures of me. I look ugly. And I'm like, you don't, what are you talking about? You're beautiful. She's like, I don't like the bags under my eyes. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, she's like, it's, it's genetic. I'm like, no, it's not. It's your kidneys. And she's like, I was like, what do you eat? She's like, garbage. Yeah. Is she going to stop eating garbage? No. Yeah. yeah. But if she takes responsibility that says, hey, I caused these bags under my eyes by the choices that I've made, then she's actually in the first step of making change, right? You know, taking responsibility. If she does. If she does. But she has to want it big enough. Otherwise, the if the pain's not big enough, she ain't going to make the change. But you can do a blepharoplasty. Just have a surgery and take those fat pads away. You know, but then they're going to come back, right? And so mm -hmm. then it's not really solving the Actually, issue. You look it's like a mutant when you do that, too, because things go inward and they have to start filling things. And You know, so, you know, <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, if you're hearing this and you're starting to say, hey, there's this going on with me or there's this or there's that, you know, say, okay, if I can correct it and you start to hold the possibility, just be curious and hold the possibility that there could be a solution, right? If you have, there definitely is. You know, if you have somebody's mom that, you know, Stephanie's mom that, you know, nobody survives brain cancer. I mean, look up the research for it. Nobody survives brain cancer. You know, like five years, almost every single person that has brain cancer within five years dies. Okay? That is the research. It's the truth. It's out there. Okay? It's one of the hardest cancers to ever actually have any recovery, and it doesn't exist. So how many years has your mom been since she was diagnosed? It's just 12 now. 12? 12, 12, just 12? That's amazing. She, she has a glioblastoma. This is the worst form of brain uh, okay, cancer. Okay, so <laughs> literally don't take it from me. Google it. The it, That five years, almost every single person that has been diagnosed with brain cancer is dead within five years. Okay, so 12 years, just 12 years? 12 years is a huge. That's, that's more than double what the average life expectancy is. Okay? Yes. So with saying that, you know, like, it doesn't matter what you're given or the conditions that you have. And, like, if her mom took the responsibility, in which I'm sure that she did, is that she didn't. my diet and my, my thing. Oh, no, no. We, I, my brother and I had to, we had to, Well, like, you forced her. We but then, forced her. But then at some point through it, there had to been some understanding that, okay, maybe some of what I was doing before was some of the causality to create the circumstances. Mm -mm. Okay. So it, it'll work blindly, too, You know how you. it is with your parents? When they get a certain age, I'm like, Mom, it's not nice. 1975 anymore mm -hmm. like 
yeah, sorry. I mean, you yeah, most you, people, but, but, but I think those older generations like her. But as long as but there, there's, there's some belief that it's working for her, for her to be able to continue to be doing it. At this juncture, she's literally like, she doesn't appreciate that she's lived this long. And I catch her eating junk. And she's like, it's okay to eat junk every once in a while. So no, she, okay. there are people that don't actually realize that they have come to a better place in their life. Okay. They're still so, looking so, at the so, cup half empty. So good thing she has you as a daughter and yes. your brother pushing her along. But for most people, if they get blunt that. Blunt instrument. But a, yeah. Blunt <laughs> instrument that they're pushing. But some people don't have that. But no. what, I, what I'm getting at is like, <laughs> even in that case, from the outside perspective, we can see that clearly there was uh, some things within her lifestyle that needed to be changed. Yeah. And as a result of changing her lifestyle, she was able to continue to live 12 years and strong now. Yeah. Okay. So... The, the control mechanism, meaning... Cardful? Okay. Yep. Oh. <laughs> uh. At least we're not live. I do so many lives with him. I'm just like, every time something goes wrong, you're like, face palm. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, okay. So I know you weren't expecting this type of conversation. Oh, no. It's okay. <coughs> it's good. It's we're great not, conversation. Yeah. You know a lot of stuff. Down. Yeah, we have to be ending because I do have a client coming in too. Uh, <coughs> I'm recording over here. Okay. So okay. So, you know, at certain point, you have to take that responsibility, or you can understand from this perspective that, you know, that you making different changes in your lifestyle, right? From diet to exercise to sleep to stress to all of it shifts you, you know? <laughs> and you can change who you are and how you live and your health, all of it. Mm. You can. Everybody can. And I hope that they come in I'm and watch. I'm confident. <laughs> okay. <coughs> we'll just cut that out. <coughs> I'm dying. Oh, that happens to me sometimes. <coughs> oh, do do do. Energetically clearing, product healing. Here yeah, we go. Seriously. Ah. Oh. This has happened to me too, live. And I literally just end the stream because I'm just like, ah. Okay, so with that being said, Stephanie, let's hear some closing and I would love for people to know where they can find you. Okay, uh, my closing is, uh, you know, pretty much everything that uh, Christine just said. Is it Christine or Christina? Christina. He calls you Christine. Okay, everything that Christina just said, <laughs> He just looked at me like, you called me out, you blunt instrument of death. <laughs> um, I think that everything that you just said, pretty much I like resonate with. Um, you can, by using my mother as the example, I'm sorry to be like, you know, antagonistic about it, but you're right. If you have one moment where you realize that, you know, hey, this is working for me, it's like one step in front of the other, just you know, try something for a week, you know, cut out all the toxins for two days, you know, don't go to your Starbucks or don't go to this fat fast food place this weekend where you normally go on the weekends and it takes baby steps. And if you survive that weekend, maybe you can survive another weekend and then you start creating a new neurological pathway and then you start creating a new habit and then you start creating a new self. So yes, I don't want to sound so dogmatic and like, you know, it's just, I think that I personally am just so overwhelmed with everyone that I talk to and I'm trying to inspire them to do better and they're getting t caught up in, um, in, in distractions. But, and their story. And their story, what they've cemented and believed to be their truth. 
So I feel like if you could just go one day and then go another day and then another day and just be open-minded to hear something, even if it is eating meat, but just hear something that's contrary to what you typically understand and come to know in yourself yeah. and not rule it out, but just go, okay, that's an interesting thing. I'll just put in a file over there. Not that I'm going to adopt that file, but if people can, if it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's skin color or economical differences or backgrounds or different countries that if you can just open your mind to somebody else's reality and be more understanding of what they're going through, even though it's different from yours, mm -hmm then just to try to understand what their position is. And I think that people will feel better doing that. The fact that you're plant-based, I think is amazing. Yeah. I understand the reasoning behind it. That's why I'm not critical of it whatsoever. I understand why a lot of people decide to go, the, go that direction. And it doesn't matter what the subject is in life, is that to hear each other out and just be open-minded. And then uh, when it comes to your own self uh, preservation is to just keep your, keep your mind open and try one step at a time. Yeah, and what works for you now might, you know, be different what works for people because at different times they might need different things because totally. their bodies are always changing. Always. You know, the environment's always changing, mm -hmm. the different things, what we're deficient in what versus what we have a surplus in, what what issues or what organs are functioning better or functioning worse and the different things that you have to change over time, right? And so we're constantly needing to alter because we're never the same, right? We're never the same. And plants have their purpose. There's a lot of really, plants are very, very healing, done in the right, like to not take your food for granted. Yeah, I think anything done in the right way. Like mm. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not opposed to meat eaters, you know, or anything like that. I'm just uh, more along the lines of the way that we, we make and we create and we have um, the mass availability of meats and things are a largely very toxic for people. Mm. And so, you know, I like hearing that you go to a farm, you get things that are natural, you have an animal that's lived a beautiful open range lifestyle, mm. like those types of things, like things that are natural. I just think that again, and I'll be the first to say it, I think that a lot of times the plants that we eat are completely not natural too, you know? So it's all of it. Like it's, I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm just, here like saying, you know, we just need to do something different and whatever those answers are and it might be different for different people. And I like your theory of where where did you originate and what were given to there because maybe somebody that is coming from a more tropical area, they would resonate more with fruits or more people that are coming from there. But I like that kind of viewpoint and kind of narrative of dropping yourself into the scenario where the different era, age or different period and look around what is around, right? Look around what's around and also go down the rabbit's hole and try to understand your existing health because beyond food, if you're having a thyroid problem and you're having like stress and you're not sleeping, this will downregulate your hormones like in two seconds. And so putting a lot of emphasis on giving yourself more time because people don't give themselves enough time for themselves mm -hmm. to take down all of the distractions and the stress those things are also so very important. I don't have time for a horse, but I just knew that it was so important for me to get outside. I was like, I ride my bike, that's great. Okay, fabulous, but I don't always wanna look at like homeless encampments. I wanna see something natural, <laughs> okay? Yeah, and especially in LA, growing 19% <laughs> a year. Can you believe that? Yeah. It's, I'm like. 19% a year, like. It's like astronomical numbers. And this is not just numbers, yo. You can walk in. On the Brea, like yeah, just south of like, Sunset, yeah, in the last next three to the Ross. Years. Have you seen that Ross? No, but I've yo, 
In the Yo, last three years, the crazy. homeless has gotten crazy. I mean, homeless in, <laughs> yeah. in, in, in Los Angeles and being on, on a West Coast area and stuff like that, you, yeah, we've all, and we're a bigger city. We've always had homeless, and we always had Skid Row and the, the different problems that we had, but it is like every park, every place, every spare sidewalk in all neighborhoods, you know, I mean, 19% year over year, I think like two years ago it grew by 17% and last year it grew by 19 So, I mean, like, that is a huge number, almost 20% more homeless than the year before, yeah. and this is what they are you know, taking as far as what they're pooling. So, you know, there could be a way more number than that. But I mean, we definitely have a crisis here that we need to figure out a way to solve, which that's another podcast. Yeah, that's another podcast. But just to say, there's 30 million people in all the counties combined, 19% of, yo, 30 million people. That's a lot of homeless people. So, yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, yeah, um, just getting back to, you know, just stop being distracted and take one day at a time and and stop being so freaking insecure and look at the things that scare you the most because they're not that scary yeah and where can people find you yes you can find me on my website which is stephanieperson.com you can find me here at liberate when i do live streams every wednesday now um and you can find me on instagram which is stephanie ketogenic my facebook which is stephanie the business person and i know i'm not a millennial so i didn't you say the same name and every social media platform but there you go <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and thank you everybody for listening and till next time we're out if you enjoyed this conversation like it subscribe and share it with your friends if you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list connect with us on facebook instagram at liberate hollywood all one word or liberate emporium all one word until next time liberate yourself thinking that you want to take that action step why wait book your session right now go to liberateyourself.com click on either liberate hollywood or liberate emporium see our amazing practitioners and who resonates most with you and then book a session via skype phone or in person. We're here for you, and it's your time to start creating your life.